Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, my guest is Paul Shiala, founder of Delos, which helps transform indoor environments into vehicles for health, well-being, performance, and resilience. Paul has become a leading voice in the wellness and sustainability movements and is here today to share some very simple things we can all do to improve our health. You can find Paul at Delos.com. Paul Shiala, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. How are you, dude? I'm doing real well. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. So I, you know, I have... uh, I was focused for a long time on losing weight and in the beginning health was not like a a prime motivating factor for me. So I, you know, I would have other things that drove me and, but I arrive here today going like health really matters to me today. Now I actually care about it. And it might've taken a while to get me into that mind frame. But so now I think of things in terms of health, you know, where it used to be like, um, I have kids. And so I go like smoking cigarettes is probably not the best thing I can do for my body. And so that becomes this very general thing, you know, like being obese is probably not the best thing I can do for my body. So as far as a metric of health goes, that is a consideration for me. But as we get further and further into it, you know, you start to realize that there are truly no end to the kind of gaming you can do to health. And I was so excited to talk to you about this because I know that's like a space that you thrive in. It's uh, it's it's interesting because to your point, when you think of the the, the high level stuff, uh, you know, nutrition and sleep and exercise, what have you, um, the angle we've taken or the approach we've taken has been a bit more passive, really focusing on. And it's amazing what we found focusing on all of the elements that surround us. Right. And most of, the t- of that time indoors because we're spending over 90 percent of our lives inside. So we've effectively been merging the health sciences with the building sciences, uh, looking at ways to enhance our homes, offices, schools, hotel rooms, whatever amount of time we're spending indoors, looking at ways to introduce the, the health sciences into that. And by that, Ethan, I mean things like air quality, water quality, lighting, thermal, acoustics, biophilic elements, all of these have a huge impact on our health outcomes and can constantly and passively make us healthier. Yeah. And this is really fascinating too, because when I think about like the way I got to where I am, it was obviously my main goal was weight loss. And so with that, I suddenly started to get these little, um, better health markers. And then you go like, Oh, well now I'm invested in this. I want more and more and more. But, but from what, from what I have found, there can be these really radical extreme shifts that you make that are, that for me have been unsustainable. And and when I say that, I'm talking mostly about um, utter radical change to like the way I eat versus smaller 
shifts that are sustainable, but you, you know, you don't seem to realize that like 10 years of doing something small adds up and, and it's super beneficial. So when I think about like the amount of time I spend inside and, you know, even if you if you go with uh, a metric like mold, right, <clears throat> you walk into a house with mold in it, that doesn't kill you in a day, but you spend years living in a house with mold in it, you're going to have some really bad side effects from that, right? Absolutely. And, yep. and so improving those qualities to me is yeah. totally fascinating. Yeah, no, you're, you're nailing it. So there's two components. One is you want to eliminate what's harmful or toxic or what can be over years and years and years. But also there are ways to actually introduce things that are immediately beneficial. So, you know, when you when you think of air quality, for instance, indoor air quality, pretty much anywhere in the world, okay, regardless of where you are, is two to five times worse than outdoor air quality. We're not hiding from pollution by being inside. It's actually worse because the air is not circulating, what have you. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it took a global pandemic for now everyone in the world to be focused on indoor air quality, what have you. But this has been a decades, if not centuries old problem. And to your point, again, if I handed you a dirty glass of water, you wouldn't drink it. Right. You have that choice. You don't have that choice with air quality. So focusing on filtration, for instance, of toxins, pollutants, pathogens, mold, PM10, PM2.5, that's a huge input to your respiratory outcomes. Even uh, you know, in the early, early days of our work, you know, we've been looking at this for 10 years, brought in the world-renowned Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, hundreds of doctors of different disciplines, got them together with real estate folks, owners, operators, developers, architects, designers, what have you, to basically look at all of the ways we can enhance that indoor environment. And here's what's fascinating. 5% of our health outcomes are genetic. Okay, we can't do anything about that, at least not yet. Another 10 to 20, maybe even 25% of what will determine your chronic health outcomes are is your lifestyle and care, what you eat, how much you exercise, what have you, your access to care. Here's what's crazy, the rest, up to 70% of what will determine your chronic health outcomes are, are, are basically made up from your surrounding environmental and social conditions, basically where you place yourself which in today's day and age, 90% of the time is inside of four walls and a roof. And that's why the spatial elements around us are, are such a really interesting way to complement all the incredible things that you're doing for yourself and folks to do to get healthier, but to passively complement that in a manner that doesn't require you to do anything differently. You kind of remove that behavioral change uptake, if you will, and you've got this constant and passive enhancement to your respiratory cardiovascular, immune, cognitive, digestive, and sleep health outcomes. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so fascinating because I guess when I think about this, I think about, you know, areas where there was like a toxic waste spill or people were actively poisoning the groundwater, you know, you, you, you like, uh, I don't want to call any companies out because I don't actually remember the exact circumstances, but I think DuPont had one with like their uh, the nonstick stuff on pans and the entire area around these factories. Everybody was very sick. And so you think about those. And then I go back to like when I was a child living in Los Angeles, we would have smog warnings and, and you could see it, but you would get a notice like driving to school every morning. There would be like smog warning today. You know, it's yeah. really poisonous out there. And so 
I always thought of the environmental uh, problems in terms of really big, like a, a, a waste spill or, you know, something, some factory pumping something into the ground or yeah. the air quality being so bad you could see it. I, I've been to some um, industrial parts of China where you blow your nose at the end of the day and it's black. Right? I know. Yeah. And so the air is is not clean. And I will say like California, for what it's worth, has cleaned up its act and we don't have smog warnings anymore in the air when it's it's still not great all the time, but it's much better than it was when I was a kid. But thinking about like changing it and shifting it so that you're really surrounded by in your house or where you work or things of that nature, because that is primarily where I, I mean, I. I, I want to get outside for portions of the day, but the reality is I spend the majority of my day oh, inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's fascinating to think of little shifts that could have a radical reaction. And, and you know, some of these are tiny and, and they're not expensive and they're scalable and anyone can do it. And, and, and if, if I, if I may, I'll put you in kind of a, a mindset to, 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 I think inspire a lot of folks as to some simple things. First and foremost, most of our, biological evolution, okay, that our history on this planet was outside. You okay, call it a hundred plus thousand years, what have you. We were outside all the time. We used to wake up with the sunrise. We'd be active and energized and productive throughout the day as that bright light would hit your circadian optic nerve and tell your body to boost hormones for energy, productivity, movement, what have you. We breathed pure air. We drank pristine water. We digested our food in a different type of light, a lower uh, sun setting. We slept in complete darkness and slept in cooler temperatures versus warmer. Think about those inputs and how we can actually start to bring back that that natural outdoor condition inside. Of course, the obvious things, you want clean air, you want clean water, and there are abundant filters to do, do all that. But what's really fascinating is lighting and how if you pay attention to artificial light, at different times of the day and the type of light you're getting, the type of light bulb and ultimately the type of light, it can have a huge impact on your digestion, on your sleep-wake cycles, and your 24-hour circadian rhythm, your energy levels during the day and your sleeping patterns at night. And to dive into that further, think about a spectrum of light, okay? And on one end, very bright, high lux, high temperature, like a bluish, whitish type of light. And on the other end of the spectrum, a yellow, softer, dimmer type of light that kind of more represents a sunset or a, uh, if you will. Here's the catch. If you're getting exposure to that bright bluish whitish light at 11 o'clock at night, okay, through artificial light, uh, the wrong kind, that is terrible for you. It's making your body think that it's noon. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Because there's a nerve in your eye that has nothing to do with vision. It's called the circadian optic nerve. It takes in peripheral light or darkness, and is the only thing that tells your body what time of day it is. Mm -hmm. So if you think about late at night, you're trying to prepare for sleep. You're supposed to be in darkness, or at least into kind of a setting sun, what have you. And if that light is triggering hormones and your body thinks it's noon, all of your productivity and energy hormones are getting elevated and you're suppressing melatonin, which you need to go to sleep. So conversely, if you choose 
a yellow or softer or dimmer type of light towards dinner and into the evening, it's better for digestion and more conducive to healthier sleep preparation and deeper sleep. The opposite of this is since we're inside a lot, we're not getting enough exposure to that bright sky during the day. We want as bright light as possible throughout the day to enhance your mental acuity hormones, your energy hormones and hormones for productivity, what have you. And it's just a simple choice of a type of light bulb and paying attention to that in your house and location and time of day that can have a huge difference on your energy levels and your sleeping patterns. Okay. So I get that I could go through it and see and go like, okay, I'm going to get certain light bulbs and change my lighting. I, you know, and, and I don't have a smart home per se. I, I am envious of these people when they can do everything on from their phone and unlock yep. their doors and all of that and yep. watch video cameras. And it's fascinating what can be done now. Can you have, is it possible today to have a setup where all the lighting is just programmed to change? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, that we, we have a system called Darwin, um, which is a, a home automation system for, for, for health and well-being. And what you could literally do is every light in the house, if you're and by the way, like I said, you can do this in a simple fashion or a fully automated fashion. But in the fully automated fashion, you could tune all your lighting to literally bring the exact sun patterns inside. Right. So your bedroom will dawn simulate. When it's time to wake up, the Darwin system will raise the temperature in your bedroom by four degrees, 30 minutes prior to wake up because the body sleeps better in cooler temperatures versus warmer. Shades will start to slowly rise, but the lighting itself will start to simulate a sunrise and get brighter and brighter to the point where between noon and four o'clock in the afternoon, you're getting the brightest light throughout your house, keeping you super energized and productive and active. And then towards the evening, that light is automatically changing hue and setting to mimic the sunset and then ultimately eventual darkness. That is reconnecting you to Earth's clock. Yeah, because, uh, you know, there there is clearly going to be fine tuning and, and and i always kind of rationalize everything that's going on with me and and i have no real framework to look at outside of my own experience and sure. what i go through but sure. like what prior to uh getting into being physically fit and stuff like that i had basically no energy i was drinking i would drink coffee all day long to and, and then you know there would be bursts where I'd be like, I can accomplish anything. And then those things wouldn't be sustainable. And then I, you know, I go like, I'm, I'm an old man. I have a bunch of kids. I'm going to be a grandfather next year. So it's okay that my energy sucks, but like, basically I wake up, I have a bunch of caffeine. I go to the gym. I feel great after I come to the gym, but when I get into the afternoon, I am like, taxed dude you know what i mean and then i start going like what's wrong with me am i sick and i have blood work done and i look at it that way and they're like no you're fine and then you know i get into the hippie doctors who are like stop drinking caffeine because it's spiking your adrenaline i don't know if any of that's actually true but i try these things simply because i feel like I should have better energy than I do. But if, if lighting is a thing, I'm going to mess with lighting, you know, I'm going to show you something and and I'll, uh, I'll get this for you. I have a light in my bathroom that is such a high lux, high temperature light. Okay. It's like what they'll call, you know, 6,000 Kelvin, what have you super bright whitish light. And when you pop that on in the morning, 
Okay, let's say two minutes brushing your teeth, what have you. That peripheral light enters this nerve and it strips out the the circadian optic nerve in your eye. It strips out all lingering traces of melatonin. It's like literally three cups of coffee. Light is medicine. Light can help wake you up, keep you energized. Light can help put you to sleep. Light can help you digest food. Understanding the difference between color, lux, temperature, and it's a subtle difference, is that circadian science that literally you try this and get on that right cycle, you may never need to drink coffee again because you're actually getting the exposure to what will naturally create the right hormones in your body to be productive and active, what have you. Yeah. it, it it is also fascinating that one of the um, biggest markers, and I, I was aware of this prior to COVID, but I know it, it was a big deal during COVID. Was like vitamin D deficiency. I have a, a kid with type one di- diabetes, and looking into that, it was like some huge percentage of people who develop autoimmune have a vitamin D deficiency, yep. and so. That is like, I know for sure that is affected by light. Like light has some effect on that. I know it can affect us. Absolutely. It, it's the, the, the problem is, again, our natural connectivity to that source of vitamin D, that natural source of vitamin D. We're hiding from that because we're inside of a box called four walls and a roof. Uh, and, 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 and we've really disrupted a lot of these simple things that actually are, are really impactful to the to the human condition. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's certainly energy levels and vitamin D deficiency, what have you, it's exposure to uh, it's, it's exposure to light and particular sunlight. The great news is you can recreate that artificially. And since we're inside, you have to, right, with the artificial lighting. But if you do it wrong, like, for instance, if I <laughs> if you get up in the middle of the night, first of all, OK, right, the first thing and you have to go to the bathroom or something, the first the last thing you want to do is turn the lights on. Because that is going to immediately start crashing your melatonin uh, levels and it's going to be tougher to get back to sleep. So the making use of a reddish hue or a yellow softer hue, even like a nightlight that has a motion sensor that you can see your way, a path finding, what have you, you'll go right back to sleep because you're not crashing your melatonin with that bright light in your eye. Um, there's so much to it that, again, it's it's when we first started this, you know, we pulled in some world renowned doctors. And I remember getting a couple calls early on saying, Paul, you know, you guys and your team, you're actually going to change modern medicine because there has not been enough thought to how much the elements that surround us really impact our daily and long-term health outcomes. And uh, that's what the wellness real estate and well-building movement really was all about uh, when we started it. Yeah, it is. It is looked at, I think, generally, um, you know, if an oil tanker spills a bunch of oil, we see it, the, the wildlife dies, it's a disaster, and we have a reaction to that. I don't think I've ever thought, you know, look, uh, I change my air conditioning filters, but I, ch- I change them simply because if you don't change them, the air conditioner will break. It'll, you know, they get clogged and then you can't have cool air. I'm never changing them thinking they got I, I want to breathe cleaner air. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's just not been my thought. I think you're uh, you're pointing to a couple of interesting things, you know, take it back to the whole the energy, the environmental and even the green building um, industry and the green movement for real estate. Katrina was a watershed moment. 
Okay, as soon as that type of natural disaster was front and center, the green practices in building, uh, building materials, what have you, really, really skyrocketed. Okay, and interestingly, as we started this practice of merging health and wellness into indoor spaces, whether it's a bedroom, a living room, a classroom, a hotel room, an office environment, what we found um, over the last two years Unfortunately, it took a global pandemic for some people or a lot of people to realize this. But I bet you, you know, if you asked 100 people in the world uh, three years ago about indoor air quality, maybe one out of 100 would have had a thought, care, concern, opinion or even knowledge that you're breathing air two to five times worse than the polluted air outside indoors. Fast forward today. That number is probably 99 out of 100 people in the world because of the indoor pathogen concern. But it's really just kind of elevated the thought that one simple thing that I think people are starting to become accustomed to, which is this. What surrounds us matters. What we touch matters. What we breathe matters. Some at times how we congregate indoors matters. And like I said, unfortunately, that pandemic really kicked off that awareness. But if you could pay attention to that simple thing that the elements that surround you are making up 70 percent of what will ultimately happen to you in your life from a chronic health standpoint, you can start to think to your point. I want to change my filters, not because my air conditioning is going to break, because I want to breathe pristine air. And I don't want those ultrafine particles lodged in my lungs, giving me problems 20 years from now. Yes. Uh, sadly, you know, I, I don't even know that I've considered it for myself, but I would. Uh, the thoughts I've had about it were about like, is there asbestos in my kid's school? And it's these big, terrible, it's going to kill you pretty quick ideas rather than what is best long-term or what can increase my, um, you know, I'm very goal oriented and uh, thinking about goals. I love the idea of like fine tuning something gets me towards that goal however much better, however much quicker, however, however more, much more sustainably. And so I've just never thought about these things really. And that's why I was so excited to talk to you because I'm I'm super interested in like having more energy, feeling better, sleeping better. You know, those are the When I look at the transformation that you've made and, and the commitment that you've shown to that and the amazing progress that you've made, I, I think to myself, I say, okay, this guy's got it right. And he's made uh, such a long-term commitment here and obviously completely transformed his lifestyle uh, and body. And I think to myself, what else can we do to passively enhance what he's doing? And if we got... Ethan, for instance, uh, the right exposure to lighting during the day, his energy levels will go through the roof. He'll sleep deeper at light at night. The right water and air filtration are going to save problems way longer in, uh, in, in life, what have you. And even things like thermal and acoustics. I mean, you know, when you think of stress and when you think of um, just just think you had a rattling HVAC somewhere. OK, subconsciously. That is causing so much stress inside your body, even if the noise doesn't bother you. It's that that surrounding background noise. So, again, paying attention to those simple inputs and and allowing for them to passively enhance your health outcomes while you actively enhance your your health outcomes. And you put those two things together. It's a slam dunk. Yeah, I do. I do think that's a a key, especially with um, people who want to lose weight, because fatigue is a real, real factor. And if you're 
you know, if I consume a bunch of garbage food and it makes me feel crappy, that's one thing. It's another thing to be like months into a restrictive diet and feeling low energy because of that. If I could get an energy boost just by changing the air I breathe and the light that is surrounding me, that's a big deal. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and again, that, 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 that introduces that passive element where you don't have to think about it. If you can, if you can enhance what surrounds you, you're going to enhance yourself. Uh, yeah. And that goes for people too. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Surround yourself with, um, with, with positive, uh, positive inputs, uh, the spatial conditions included, and you're going to be better for it. Yeah. I was talking to a lady uh, about um, addiction and, and she was talking about um, this dealing with addiction in, in specific terms that I hadn't considered or the aspect of it that I hadn't considered, which is like, you know, uh, going to a meeting and surrounding yourself with sober people, you get something just out of being around like-minded people, you know, in the same way that like, if I was, uh, even today, I don't love going to a bar and being around people drinking. It's it's because I'm not participating. You're kind of an outsider. So mm-hmm. it, 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 to your point, I think it is surrounding yourself by like minded people is, is very helpful in no pursuits. Doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yep, yep. Yeah. 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 It's the, the surrounding environmental and social conditions basically make up most of what uh, what your health complex will be. Yeah. So you guys do light and air. Air quality, water quality, lighting, thermal, acoustics, uh, and what they call biophilic elements, which is kind of uh, uh, elements of nature, uh, bringing that indoors. The, the human condition has a natural affinity to nature. And so plants, I mean, it sounds it's, it's, it sounds hokey pokey, but there's actually real science behind biophilia or plantings and uh, softer surfaces, rounder corners versus square corners, what have you. Anything that's in more of the natural state, the human body has an affinity for. There's actually been documented evidence on faster healing. OK, in in, in hospital rooms, if there's a view outside of nature. Uh, versus not, for instance. Um, so yeah, so it's, so it's with biophilia, if you will, that 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 uh, uh, the natural elements, air quality, water quality, lighting, thermal, and acoustics primarily. Yeah. So what? And and like, uh, look, I know, I know that um, if you were giving your druthers, the most ideal thing today is expensive. What are some very simple? hacks that somebody could do like you talked about switching out your light bulbs or where they could find out about these things that like that anybody could do that isn't going to actually break the bank absolutely okay first and foremost let's talk about spending zero money okay late at night okay whether it's your tv screen your computer screen which is all blue light high lux you know high temperature light or just a lot of lights on take it down after dinner, start to think about reducing the amount of light that your 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 eyes are taking in. And that's going to have a huge impact right away without you spending a dime. Just be more cognizant of that. Um, during the day and throughout the day, think about getting exposure to as much light as possible. Obviously, best step, go outside if you can. And if you can't go outside all day, just try to take a break at a 15 minute walk at some point, but do it outside where that sky is hitting your eyes in terms of uh, that costs you nothing. Right. And that's a huge start. Right. There. I haven't even thought about the eyes before. I, I'm like, no, you got to wear glasses because the sunlight is bad for your eyes. So you're yeah. saying 
let the let the light get into your eyes. Okay. You, you, you certainly want, and I'm not saying go outside and stare at the sun. Sure, sure. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. But but certainly you want that peripheral light to enter your circadian optic nerve to do the things it was intended to do, to actually trigger what's supposed to happen in your body when you want to be awake and energized and productive and on the move, what have you. So 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 those things, you know, right there, that's not <laughs> that's not a change um, in terms of, of budget, what have you. If you want to go further in the category, you can buy very cheap light bulbs, you know, nineteen dollar light bulbs. Um, there's 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 even like you know. Your, your 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 circadian tuned bulbs they don't cost a lot of money but be on the lookout for a way to understand color lux temperature hue of light and know that there's a spectrum and on one extreme of the spectrum is that midday bright sun and on the other end of the spectrum is that kind of post sunset type of light that very very light 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 hue uh lower lux what have you is um, there is there a chart that you could look at online where it's like yeah. You know, you want and then design rooms like the, you know, yes. like like you said, the bathroom, keep it very bright and then have yeah. a, another setting for evening. Absolutely. I'll give you two two references. Number one, you can go to wellcertified.com. OK, that is the public dissemination for free of our entire well building standard that covers every category we're talking about. And that's been used by the industry. And that's a good resource. Or you could just Google, you know, circadian lighting. Uh, C-I-R-C-A-D-I-N. That's got, that's your, that's a 24 hour cycle. That's the word for it. So just Google circadian lighting and you can start to find all kinds of charts as to the different types of light that would be good for sleep versus energy, digestion, what have you. Um, and just start to make certain subtle changes to recognize that pattern. Similarly, in the same category, when you sleep, try to make it as dark as possible. Blackout shades, I don't care if they're curtains. I don't care you know, if you got to put a pillow on the crease of your curtain to keep it closed. Try to have zero light when you're sleeping. You want to be in a complete dark cave that'll allow for maximum melatonin, the deepest sleep. You know, it's interesting. Since the invention of the light bulb, we all, okay, in this world, as we started getting exposure to artificial light, what starts to happen here is over the last, let's say, you know, 100 plus years, what have you, we're spending more and more time inside. And we're getting way too much exposure to light in the evening and way too little exposure to, to the right light during the day. What it means is we're all, and we all have been walking around in a constant state of twilight. Okay. The hormones for energy and sleep, which should be at extremes. Okay. They're not there ever. They're here. They're kind of halfway and halfway. And none of us are sleeping as deeply as we should. And none of us have as much energy as we should during the day. And you can correct all of that with the right exposure to light. And obviously, you complement that with exercise and a good diet, what have you, your energy levels will be through the roof. Yeah. Uh, but lighting is a key input to that. Um, and, and so I'm giving you, I hope to give you some examples that don't cost a thing, just have more of aware, an awareness to light and darkness. I, I think that's a, a big deal. Yeah, light and darkness. Um, and I, I like what you said about sleeping in the cold. This is going to be a little bit of a war with me and my wife. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why you have that, that battle. The, the male condition and the female condition have about a four degree Fahrenheit difference. 
Okay, that, that's 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 medical fact. So obviously you want it cooler, and I love it cooler. I sleep at like sixty six on top of the covers. So you know it's, it's 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 literally the cooler the better. And your body does sleep better in cooler temperatures versus warmer. Obviously you need to balance that with your with 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 with, with your better half in terms of your uh, uh, her, her propensity to want it to be warmer versus cooler. But both of you guys should know that towards you know the overnight hours should be generally cooler than where you're spending the daytime hours yeah 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 i I, this is just a ridiculous story but i one time was uh went to vegas with a buddy who who gets the special treatment at vegas i i don't get the special treatment but he like knows how to do vegas so that they're like we're gonna fly you on a plane and we're gonna put you in a in a room that you didn't know existed you know (laughs) you go through a tunnel to get to and we're in this room and I go into my bedroom within this like palace that's inside the hotel. It's got its own pool. It's crazy. Yeah. And it was a little bit too warm for me in the room and I couldn't find a thermostat anywhere. So I called the the butler and I was like, hey, man, I'm really sorry because I'm, you know, I'm already uncomfortable being there. I feel like I don't belong in this place. And I said, how, I don't know. I can't find how to turn turn the air down in my room. And he said, just tell me how cool you want it. And I said, I mean, I'd love it to be 40 degrees. And I laughed and he laughed. And then he said, gotcha, hung up, went to bed, woke up. It was 40 degrees. I mean, literally my breath, (laughs) my buddy came into my room and was chattering, freezing. And I was like, I can't believe they did this, but I love it. Like 40 degrees is amazing. It's the first time like I had to cover up like an Eskimo. And I've told my wife that story so many times, but she'll fight me on like 68 degrees versus she wants it 75. And it is a battle. It's a battle. Yeah, that's 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 that 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 is tough. And and again, that is that is actually a medical fact. A female and male condition are about four degrees uh, preference difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so, yeah, so, so so temperature you can you know pay attention to despite the battling <laughs> right. um, certainly lighting and then look as far as air filtration and water filtration uh, that stuff's abundant um i will say this with water bottled water okay it's completely unregulated you have no idea what's in it right no clue what's in bottled water okay you, you're better off getting a good filter and drinking tap water than you are buying bottled water if you really can't confirm the source uh and, and that's that's uh that's some kind of basic uh ba- you know those are basic things there as well and when you say confirm the source if it's on the package is that a confirmation of the source you know what i don't want to start a, a, a war with the water bottling industry but i don't i have yet to see that third party verification if you will right. um that can really confirm uh, confirm any of that so it's it's a completely unregulated industry as far as uh, as far as we can tell and that's that that's not that's not necessarily a good thing yeah 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 i, I had a uh, my wife has a hippie friend who drinks water that is captured in the air coming out of some geyser somewhere. Um, It's never touched by human hands. Like all that's how crazy she is about water. And meanwhile, and you know, my, my wife, and even I have buddies like Jonathan Tucker, who I had on the show, he only drinks out of glass bottles. And I'm, I'm, you know, listen, in fairness, I'm fucking way too lax about all of this stuff. You know, I've read over and over ad nauseum that you're not supposed to look at your phone late at night because it screws you up. I still do that. So I am looking for ways without going. You could dim the light on your phone, but there is a circadian setting on your phone. Well, I'm going to do that today because I, I, 
you know, I'd only heard these things of like, you can't, you shouldn't blah, right. blah, blah, without right. connecting it to, yeah. yeah. And then, and yeah. then I have crappy energy and I yeah. don't sleep great and I'm going, this doesn't make sense, you know, yeah. and, and I'm taking uh melatonin, which I didn't even realize is a hormone that I can't believe you can just buy at the grocery store. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah. think there's any other human hormone you can buy on the shelf like that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, it's uh, I, it doesn't work for me. I, you know, and, and I'd rather just get it naturally by making sure it's just dark, uh, and sure. if it's dark, you're going to create it, you know, in that sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, as I hear the different things you're saying, it's so, it's so, it's so relatable where, you know, you're told something, but if you don't really know the reason or understand the reason behind it, it's not going to really stick. Think about all of this, what we're talking about. Okay. Bringing that natural outdoor condition inside, thinking about the lighting patterns, what have you, let's maybe categorize it as this, this to me is like the caveman diet through four walls and a roof. Right. Okay. And I mean, light can have an impact on your weight and your weight loss and your digestive patterns, certainly your energy and sleeping levels. But think of it in those like kind of simple terms, um, it's things will start to trigger and say, wait a minute, I, 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 I don't want this to be disrupting, you know, my sleep, for instance. Yeah, yeah there's there's a there's a lot of nuance here that resonates with me. Um, you know, I I have uh, ways I feel about myself that aren't great. And so uh, the way that I thought I would solve that is by losing weight. And then I thought, and then I'll feel great about myself. That's not really the case. I lost weight and I still don't think too highly of myself all the time. Now it's gotten better, Mm -hmm. certainly gotten better, but, and I've, I've found, um, ways of battling that, you know, like, uh, this idea of like, do something with, uh, real vigor until it becomes natural, you know, fake it till you make it that kind of thing. So I'll stare at the stare in the mirror thinking I'm total garbage and find one thing that I can honestly not hate and then build upon that. Right. And so still having to do that is, it was disappointing when I thought, if I just lose weight, that'll solve all my problems. Right. Well, well, similarly, energy, I thought if I just lose weight, I'll have much better energy. I'll feel much better all the time. And then, you know, it gets to three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like, I am crash. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got to drink a coffee. Like if I got a 12 or 14 hour work day, I'm like saving my carbs towards the end of the day so that I can get a pick me up from them. Yeah. Got it. Um, and, yeah. and I'm going like, this is not like, I want to, I want to be doing this a little bit better, you know? And, and I say all that my energy has certainly improved from mm-hmm. weight loss. Mm-hmm. But the point is like, I think, um, I, I'm mostly talking about weight loss. And by the way, I don't think anybody should lose weight unless they want to lose weight. So I'm not, I'm not uh, prescribing that for anyone. Sure. But I do think that like me, if you go into it and there's still some work to be done in other areas, then best be open to that and not get to a goal and go, well, my life isn't completely and miraculously fixed 
I'm going to give up on it again, right, which right. is what I had been doing. So this is why this is really interesting to me, because it's like there are still things that I thought would be solved that aren't totally solved. Yep. And if there are ways to effectively improve them, I'm very interested. Yeah, man, I, I think um, depending, you know, you may not be sleeping deeply. Right. Uh, and, 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 and that, that may be, you know, your sleep preparation, what have you, and that's going to impact you every day for the rest of your life. Or, you know, these, these simple things during the day, getting that, you know, higher, higher lux uh, exposure to light. It would be great if that was an energy enhancing uh, kind of element to everything else you're doing. But yeah, there's, there's definitely still inputs that you can, um, that you can look for there. So that that's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And water, you're, you're, you're not into bottled water. This is, this is real eye opening because at, at my house, we have uh, filtration systems on the uh, tap. My, my wife has glass bottles that she filled. I will take a plastic bottle from water and use that same plastic bottle in the same way that she uses glass, almost just to like show her, like I'm drinking plastic and I'm fine, (laughs) you know, and I'm suddenly like, you know, I might have to take Jonathan Tucker up on his glass bottle. I couldn't ever let my wife know that it was because of her. Right. Gotcha. She can't win, but maybe, maybe Tucker was right. You gotcha. Know? gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it's good, man. It's, it's, um, you know, the, the journey we've been on for quite some time, it's a, it's like, this is such a relevant uh, conversation. I don't care if you're talking to a, a CEO of a company who wants to attract and retain employees and drive productivity, what have you, or a parent on the street corner who immediately starts thinking, wait a minute, what is the quality of air my kids are breathing in school, what have you. Um, it's just, look, you won't find anyone out there who doesn't want to sleep deeper and have more energy and have better respiratory and cardiovascular outcomes, what have you. This is a universal condition. Um, and, and, you know, we've got programs now in over 100 countries and it's all the same thing. It's that one innate human characteristic to want to be well. Yeah. Uh, and if there's ways that you can just make some simple adjustments that can enhance your journey towards that. And along with all the incredible commitments you've made, I mean, this is, this is uh, something that you really just look at and say, why wouldn't I? Well, 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 that's not that hard. That's not that that's not expensive. That's not a huge lifestyle change. Let me just pay more attention to the things that surround me. Paul, what got you interested in this? Yeah. I mean, we met. I think you were you were this was what you were doing at the time. We met uh, 10 years ago. I think it was about 10 years. I think it was about let me see. That would be I think you and I met eight years ago. Uh, I remember the day, actually. And, um, you know, interestingly, before all that, I I spent 18 years on Wall Street prior to all this. Uh, The last 10 at at Goldman Sachs was a partner of the firm there, as was my twin brother, Pete. And we actually both left in 2013 to launch this this enterprise um, after years of research. But the initial um, the initial uh, uh, spark here was it was interesting. I, I think I remember the exact day, but there was something that tipped me off as to all this focus on green building, environmental sustainability, what have you. And I thought to myself, okay, I get it. And that is super needed and important and and an imperative. That said, is that going far enough? There's so much focus on our homes, offices, schools, all of our buildings and their impact on the planet. What about all the people we put inside these buildings? Is there any real focus on how the buildings may be impacting the human condition? As, along with the planetary condition or environmental condition, what have you. So I um, I just started poking around and that one stat just shocked me, 90%, right? I, you spend 90% of your life, life indoors. Take your age, 
Multiply that times 0.9, and that's how much of your time on earth you've spent inside of a manufactured box called four walls and a roof. Okay, there's something there. Um, then I remember the day that really got me convinced was I, I managed to get three doctors and three designers slash architects at the same table. I wanted to really understand if these two industries, health and real estate, ever ever really kind of conversed, if you will, and started asking some provocative questions. One of them was basically, okay, doctors, designers, architects, given we're spending most of our time inside, if you had to dream it up or if you could dream it up, what types of things could we do to introduce preventative medical intentions into the way we design and operate our buildings? homes, offices, schools, what have you. The two groups looked at each other after hearing the question like it was the first time they were ever having a conversation. And that was a spark that thought, okay, that that really kind of led me to believe, all right, perhaps it's true. The health sciences and the building sciences never really came together. Then from a Wall Street lens, okay, it was staggering to consider taking the world's largest asset class, real estate, a $200 trillion asset class, and infusing it with the world's fastest growing industry, health, wellness, prevention, nowadays health, safety, multi-trillion dollar year spend. That seemed to make a lot of economic sense as well, along with the potential for huge societal impact. So yeah, gave up a perfectly fine thing on Wall Street at the time, took a yo and uh, pulled in some great folks. And uh, we've been at it ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And and I do think it's something that I don't personally take into consideration at all. And I'm excited to I'm really excited to start thinking about it, using it, trying to get those little hacks in place, you know? Yeah, great. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Could be an awesome compliment to all the great work you're doing, man. Yeah. Paul, thank you so much. This has been fascinating. Hey, man, I look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, it's really great to connect with you. And, uh, you know, it's a, who would have thought I'm actually in um, the same room that I first met you. And I'm just re- I'm just it's cool. I'm doing like a, a take here saying, wow, you know, if we if we knew eight, nine years ago that this much time would be passed and in the same spot, we're having this kind of conversation after just kind of kicking that idea around that uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because it was new then. Right. It was like brand new. Brand oh, new. Yeah. Brand yeah. New. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just Fucking got started. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, dude. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. Congrats to you as well. And I uh, look forward to seeing you soon, man. All right, bro. Talk to you soon. Cool. Don't go Bye. anywhere. We'll be right back. And now for the Q&A. You guys, you just have to know this will be Paige's third attempt reading this <laughs> question from Jerry. Jerry says. Hi, Jerry. I've been counting calories for the last two months and also trying to cut down on drinking. You can do it, Paige. I know that's been a huge factor to my weight gain. I'm down 23 pounds in three months. I was wondering about calories, specifically trying to hit my calorie goal, which is around 1,900. I'm always under, and sometimes, not often, I'm only around 1,500, but not hungry. I eat a lot of nutrition-dense calories like veggies and stuff. I'm never hungry, but people always say that's too low. Should I worry about getting in all my calories even though I'm not hungry? Thank you for all you do, and much love. Thanks, Jerry. Um, It sounds very low to me, too. I don't know how big you are, so I don't know what your caloric needs are. That's, that's, um, a big part of the equation. I would suggest 
not, I would suggest eating the calories that you're, that you're, program tells you to eat whatever your program is if if 1900 is a deficit i would suggest eating 1900 simply because you're going to have less um uh, muscle waste with a milder deficit so the more you put yourself into an extreme deficit you're gonna eat into your muscles a bit more not entirely but it's just not going to be a strictly fat loss um, necessarily. And so that's my, that's my reason for recommending that. And you're, you're, you're also going to be able to do it for a longer period of time because you're the hormones that are going to start telling you, you can't do this or that are going to make it much more difficult are going to not start playing as big a role in as soon a time frame. Like if you stayed way under your calories, eventually it's going to be really hard to keep doing it. So he says he's not hungry sometimes, right? So like, yeah, but what if, do you maybe do? that day you're not hungry. Mm. Um, you know, eat a little bit more calorically dense food. So, you know, uh, for me, uh, if, if I, if I design all my food around like chicken breasts and broccoli, the volume of food is going to be so big that it is going to be tough for me to eat that too. So if I have to throw a tablespoon of olive oil on there so that I'm not too under in my calories, I do that. If I've got to eat some avocado, if I, you know, I have some rice, there are things that rice isn't that calorically dense, but it is more calorically dense, I think, than chicken. So that would be my suggestion is to add in a little bit of something where you get a bang of 130 calories in a tablespoon of olive oil. You know, can you add two tablespoons of olive oil or two and a half tablespoons of olive oil to the food you're eating? And now you're magically going from 1500 to about 1900. And you're not even really going to notice that, you know? Yeah. And you can think about it in that way too, of like, if you've been absentmindedly adding two and a half tablespoons of olive oil to your food that's an extra bunch of calories mm -hmm. you know yeah that's a good point too it's not quite 500 so i'm way off with that but it's you know two and a half tablespoons is um 260 plus 70 330 330 calories it's a good amount yeah it, it gets you from 1500 to 1830 so that's pretty close actually i wasn't that far off yeah yeah great awesome yeah, that's my suggestion. I like it. Yeah. If you have a question that you'd like answered on the podcast, please email it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Sincerely.